As many of you know, Ryan and I started selling full spectrum hemp this last spring. The one problem that we had was that we were not able to get any credit card processing. Last spring, a number of banks pulled out their funding from uh, CBD suppliers and anyone who was doing e-commerce with CBD, unless you had a very large business already established. We found out last week that we qualified through the bank to get merchant processing. And I have to say it's because of all of you out there who have supported our Stealthy Hunter full spectrum hemp business. You buying products through Green Check and Venmo, reordering at a high rate. We have a very high reorder rate. And that has helped us to establish a small business that has shown the bank that we are legit and we are here to stay. So I wanted to say thank you for that. And right now you can go to hempforhunters.com and buy our Bent Herbalist Full Spectrum Hemp Capsules, 20 milligrams each. Use the code, all caps, TURKEY19, you're going to get 20% off, and that's huge. On a bottle of 100 caps, that's over $30 off. So we do have a good stock available right now through the end of the year, and we want to clear these out. These are flowers that we use. These are hemp flowers from the cannabis sativa plant. The uh, extraction process uses a food-grade al alcohol solvent. Alcohol is considered a food product, and so by using alcohol to extract the uh, beneficial components of the cannabis sativa plant, you're going to get what's called full-spectrum hemp. This contains naturally occurring CBD derived from full spectrum. So again, that phytocannabinoid rich hemp, it's not CBD isolate, which is very important, especially when you're looking for the most effective um, benefits from your plant. It's grown in the U.S. It's harvested from licensed hemp farms in Colorado. Matt has sourced all these farmers himself. He's been working with them for years. It's third-party tested to meet those California Certificate of Analysis for hemp products again. And that COA verifies that it's free of GMOs, it's free of pesticides, heavy metals, solvents, and mycotoxins. And the other thing is that we use it in the clinic here. We sell it. I recommend it to my patients. And I have seen, I can't even begin to tell you the changes that I have seen in patients when they stay on this stuff. Go to hempforhunters.com, put in your code TURKEY19, get 20% off. You can use your credit card. Woohoo! All right, let's do this. Actually, what are you doing back in this house? You've been... I feel like hunting season has been the perpetual never-ending saga since last yeah, January. It's a, it's a weird time of year where now I don't even have I don't even have a hunt on the radar at all. Um, it's that time. Every tag has been filled. Now I'm now I'm um, I've got a list of like uh, demands. I got shower heads to fix. And oh, yeah. Your list is so long. It's like... Bench to work on the here. The bench that we're going to have five people sitting on at Thanksgiving dinner, we probably want to tighten because yeah. I only weigh 125 pounds and every time I sit on yeah, it, it goes... It's a little loose. Yeah, and then so, some shower head tightening because I can't do it myself because I couldn't get the wrench to hold the thing with my little hands. Yeah. Otherwise, I would have done it myself. 
because yep. I'm self-sufficient. You usually do. I need to learn everything. I definitely need to take a class on tool utilization. I think that would help me understand like what size wrench I actually need. I and think we can figure out how a wrench works without the tool utilization class. I don't know. <laughs> I wish I would have I wish I would have learned well, I probably have plenty of time too now, but you're a doctor for more about sake. tools you know and building. Works. I'd like to build like a shed out in the garden and make a sauna in it. Because mm. I know how much you love to build mm. and you would love to build me a shed with a sauna in it. I think the greenhouse comes first. I like uh Why does I like the idea of the, the greenhouse that's gonna Give us all kinds of pasties. You can make me a shed that's like made out of reclaimed cheap wood and we can just throw a toast stove in there and I can do the old school Banya style Banya. sweat house. That's what I want. Yeah. Yeah. And in the winter out here when it's snow and we can just jump out in the snow from the sauna. That would be awesome. Mm -hmm. That's what I want. That's and definitely the greenhouse. Mm -hmm. Definitely the greenhouse. I yep. follow this girl on Instagram. Her and her husband are big gardeners. I think they live in Wisconsin. I think her name's Casey Lynn Lawrence. She has a YouTube channel. I've shown you that, right? They like architect their gardens around their house and they built this huge greenhouse. Inside, they made it like another house. So they have like rock on the floor and then they made it so it's like 20 degrees at their house, but they can go in there and it's 80 degrees in their greenhouse and they hang out in there all day and they grow all their stuff. She does all her cuttings in there and all her plants and that's what would be so cool. Yeah. We need something like that. That's, yeah. Greenhouses are great. I, I mean, even even back in, uh, in Washington where we were, the greenhouse, it, it's always just warm in there. Like those cool days, like mm -hmm. if there's any sunlight at all, it's just always uh, feels like it's 20, 30 degrees warmer in there. So I think here, because we do get so much sun, even though it's pretty oh, cold, be, it would be toasty. It'll be great. But our greenhouse here has to be like manufactured a little bit differently. Well, it can't be like what we had before. It would blow away. Yeah, it's going to have to be a glass greenhouse that's uh, very well constructed because of these high winds but we get a lot of sun here so um, hopefully this next year we go into the season uh, I can start things a little bit earlier even though this year I started everything downstairs with um, you know with some lighting and whatnot and that worked pretty good but with a greenhouse I'm just gonna be able to go <laughs> so much better it worked great until uh, you planted all the stuff and then went to New Zealand and then it snowed two days later and then yeah. I was trying to save it all because it was outside yeah, we lost some Yikes. we lost some crop on that one but yeah it was the beans beans yeah. didn't do good they were like zapped yeah. when I realized it was cold too cold for them out there nope. yeah learned some well, things this a million year projects right we, we don't even have a tree on our property <laughs> We got to plant yet. some trees. Haley said to me the other day, Mom, wouldn't it be great if we just had a big tree and we could build a tree house? And I was like, oh, girlfriend, we're going to have to be in that house like decades before we have a tree that we can build a tree She'll house in. She'll be graduating probably by the time oh. that tree is big enough to oh, uh, my gosh. build that tree house. But hey. Yeah. She misses our Washington it. trees. So yes, hunting season is over. <clears throat> it's completely over. Um, well, until January. So for the rest of the year, I put a little thing on my Insta story on the Hunt and Harvest Health Insta story yesterday. Like, is hunting season ever really over? And I got so almost everybody said no. The only guys that said yes is when they said yes when fishing season starts. 
That was it. Right. Yeah. Nope. And everybody's uh, on board with that hunting season never ends. Well, it's never been one has. heck of a year. Um, oh my gosh. All the tags got filled, which is a really good feeling. And um, this latest trip was, it, it's always one of my favorite trips at the mm -hmm. season. Usually you get the colder weather. This year is actually very gentle as far as like no minus 20 degree gentle wind cold but not gentle wind we had some high high winds but um gosh i had days uh hunting here in montana that were 50 degrees it's middle to late november 50 degree days are kind of unheard of um yet prior to that we were down in the single digits not too uh while you were in idaho on your trip before that it was below zero we were in minus temps at that yeah. So it's been all over the board, but, um, yeah, the rut on these mule deer, it's funny cause you get these cold, cold days and you see these muleys just running like crazy chasing does all day long. You see what's out there on those days. Um, the non windy, really, really cold, crisp days. And you just see pretty much everything always moving throughout the day. And then <clears throat> you'll get a day where um, you get this big swing in temperature and it goes up to 45 or 50 plus degrees. Um, I had a day that was 56 degrees and you know, the bucks still rut, they rut in the mornings, um, you know, all night long in the evenings, but uh, they don't, they don't really move around most of the day like they do on those cold crisp days. So it was a little bit tougher, but you combo that with a high, high wind and it makes it pretty dang tough. But, um, you're kind well, of you combo that with, you actually spent two weekends with a week in between not being there. Well, yeah, here's what happened. the so same I, deer. I found and this, went back and found I it. I found this great buck. And, uh, as soon as I laid eyes on this, this guy, he's just, it was like, whoa, yeah, that's, that is the buck I'm going to go for. It was actually the very first deer I saw of the trip in an area that, um, I'm, I'm sort of familiar with, I know the, I know the general area of it. Uh, and usually I'll see, you know, a lot of mid range, um, maturity class bucks. They're not, it's hard to get a real old age class in Eastern Montana. There's a, basically a five week, uh, rifle season throughout, you know, right through November. And, um, so historically they're all, they're always getting hunted. So it really is tough to get a, you know, a, an older age class buck. Usually they get picked off when they're just kind of a middle, middle age four point. But yeah, I saw this monster and, um, gosh, he gave me the slip twice that first weekend. And it was like the first three days. And then I had to leave, had some responsibilities to get back here and help you out <laughs> <laughs> and then responsibility and then I had to, the torturous part was like uh you know that week of being here thinking i wonder what that buck's doing over there i hope he's i hope he's still there what's he doing and uh fortunately i was able to get another two days to go back over and and i found him on yeah. the second on my well, last day i had no doubt that you wouldn't find him you know there's this i'm sure the women listening right now there's this energy that swirls around our house when Ryan doesn't actually fill a tag and he starts like pacing. It's like, oh, he's been here a week. He doesn't complain or nothing. There's nothing, but there's this thing about him. And so Friday we were supposed to like go to this lunch event for Birch Barrel who we're going to actually, who's our podcast topic today. And 
And we were going to like, I was thinking, oh, because I got a babysitter Friday night because I thought the dinner, it was a dinner. It turned out to be a lunch. And you're like, I could just tell you're like, um, well, I was thinking like, maybe I could go like, and I was just like, just go, just get out of here. Oh, honey. Okay. You're like a little kid. Okay. I'll be back. And then I was like, well, that's been a nice date night since the last time we had a date night was my birthday and my birthday was in March. And he's like, we'll go on another date in my, and I'm date like, nights come after hunting I'm like, season. yeah, right. Should know that okay. By now. See you later. And he's like, out of here. And then he comes back with the buck, which is great. And everybody was happy and he's happy and he's kind of calmed down. But, um, well now I don't have that kinda, thing like weighing on me that there's a giant yeah but like you'll be home for a couple weeks you'll be home for the month of december and then there'll be this energy start up again like i gotta get out i gotta go somewhere and i think about that like if that was me and i was constantly like tana and i was constantly like every month i was like ah i gotta get out of here i gotta go i gotta go do something i gotta get out it's like yeah we'd have massive problems because we'd constantly be (laughs) But it's fine. You got the buck and you're happy now and you're home. Yeah. And we probably should do a whole podcast on it because I'm sure everybody wants to hear about it. I was thinking about this. You tagged out on three tar. You tagged out on three elk. And you tagged out on three mule deer this year. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. And two bears mm-hmm. or three bears? Two bears. Two bears and a chamois. Mm-hmm. Did I miss anything there? Mm, I covered it. So, um, we get a lot of questions on Instagram, like how many freezers do you guys have in your garage? Well, we have three right now, um, but we've given a lot of meat away because we just can't eat all that. I get those questions too when it comes to the meat and, you know, like how many animals can we actually eat? And, uh, I think what people forget is there's, we know a lot of people, um, family or whatever acquaintances that don't actually hunt. And also people that maybe didn't get a chance to fill their freezers or just had a lousy season, whatever. And so we're able to help out with that. Um, you know, I've got, uh, you know, for example, like James, you know, he's been helping on these hunts as far as doing a lot of camera work. And he does that at the, at the expense of him not hunting. He, he, he has limited time, so he's not able to actually go out and, and, hunt at all and so he wasn't able to do that but he did take the time to come out and um and do some work and do some photoing and whatnot on these trips so more than happy to give that guy um you know a bunch of mule deer and elk and um you know he's got a family he's got kids and he's happy to take that meat so um no it is really easy to find people to to help out and and take the meat out of our freezer so yeah we do have three freezers that are Two big ones and a small one. One of them just a little seven cubit. But um, no, we got a wide array of wild game out there, so it's good. And surprisingly, I don't know that we've ever done like a poundage per year what we actually eat, just you and I and the family. But I'd be curious. I know when I do start doing jerky, um, you know, throughout the summer, spring, summer, make a lot of jerky. Man, it seems to go fast because we, you know, I'll take out like five, six packages and and uh, jerk that up and that's where you really kind of plow through a lot of meat in the freezer. So, but yeah, overall great season, lots of, had lots of opportunities, lots of critters. That New Zealand thing was a blast, uh, brought back a lot of tar meat, 
Um, I've been able to dole that out to a lot of people that may not ever get a chance to experience that uh, tar hunting. And, um, and we will be utilizing that again this year, probably for the Western Hunting Summit, like we did last year and making, making all the foods with it. So that works out pretty good. But yeah, we utilize all the meat. Nothing gets thrown away. Absolutely. Well, this year too, I think for me, I, I think I, we chat about it on this podcast a little bit. So I've made this supposed commitment to do another bikini competition next year at some point. Christy Titus and, um, Krista, Krista Magnuson, they put this thing out and they're like, we're going to do this. And I was like, I just need a goal. Like I suck without a goal. Like I don't want to exercise as much as I should. And I haven't, I don't lift weights. So part of doing that is I have to actually eat more meat because even though so, you're like the prolific meat provider. So my goal, I have a goal now too, and that's to plump you up. <laughs> I've been trying to like force feed you more sweet potatoes and, you know, always have meat at the ready. So um, we'll probably burn through more meat this year than we did in the past few years. And um, yeah, I'm excited to see how you progress in this little challenge well, of yours i actually just two weeks of it so this is into my third week eating more protein every day and i have a i have a feeding window and i'm fasting for like 12 hours every day and i have a feeding window and i'm trying to get enough food in there it's a challenge with work to sit down and eat food like that i find that i don't eat that much at work but i feel better i feel better eating more protein um good mm-hmm. protein i mean geez we have the best on the planet so um, and more fat. Yeah. It's been good. I, I definitely um, feel better. Well, it's kind of fun because it kind of forces you to, well, we have to get back into food prep, like getting meals laid out at the ready because you can't skip meals. So I get to fill like these little glass dishes and I throw gobs and gobs and piles <laughs> of meat in there and a couple sweet potatoes. And uh, I expect you to eat all of it when you come back at the end yeah. of the day. So. And then I don't, and then you're like, what? And I'm like, I can't eat two full meals while I'm back-to-back with patients. Yeah, you're it's like a little kid. Really I have hard. to tell you, you have to eat all this food. Well, I'm going to have to, Protein. I have to like important. put it into my schedule. That's what I realized. <laughs> like I have to put a 15-minute break in and, you know, have a little bit of food. Otherwise, I just don't do it. It's really hard to do. Even drinking water. I didn't realize how hard it is to drink water during the day when you're talking all day and listening to people. You can't just be sitting there eating and guzzling. Some yeah. of my really understandable patients, I just say, I need to eat right now while you're talking. Is that okay? And they're like, sure. But I would never do that with a new patient that I've never met. You know, so these are patients that I've known. So, um, yeah. So I think the meat, having the extra meat is definitely helpful with that. It saves us a ton of money. Um, I don't know if it really saves us money. Yeah, I don't, I don't think we should even go there I because I we save doubt money, it saves money. But it definitely is easy. I just walk out and grab something out of the freezer. But it's clean and and just really, really, really good. So, yeah. And then, um, I think the last thing I just want to say is I think we should thank everybody because we hit this week, 500,000 downloads on this podcast, which is really hard to believe because I don't even put that many podcasts out and we have so many people, just new people joining and listening and it's which is like the one thing that everybody told us is you have to be consistent with your podcast. We've kind of defied that (laughs) and we haven't been very consistent. If those of you out there don't know Ryan, he loves to defy the norm. (laughs) So the fact that I've been inconsistent and we're growing and we've got this many downloads, he's like, see, 
It works. Being different, it works. And I'm like, okay, well. So thanks, everybody, for listening and sharing. And um, my goal in February is we we had 400,000 downloads when we went to Hunt Expo in February. And I told Ryan, wouldn't it be cool to hit half a million before the end of the year? And we did that. So in less than a year, we grew 100,000, which took us, you know, a couple years to get to 400,000. So we're steadily getting faster in our growth. But um, I thought that was a big milestone. Mm-hmm. Because you know what? Podcasting's hard. And anyone who starts a podcast and thinks it's going to be easy, <laughs> have yeah. fun with that. It's hard. But if you're consistent, consistency's king. But we're so. not consistent. Well, we have been. I mean... For most people, they start and then they never finish, right? Because <laughs> they realize how much work it is and they're like, screw this, I have a life, I, I can't do this and nobody's paying me to do this. More like, consistent than others, but as far as like, I see guys that like Cody Rich, I mean, those guys are, well, are so consistent. He's knocking out like three a week, every week. Okay, listen to never me. Never skips one. We, you we don't can do now, that. But, you could be kicking out three podcasts a week. Yeah. But you don't. No. Because you don't. like to buck the norm and tell me that I don't need to do three podcasts a week. Mm-hmm. Just think we could be at if you did three podcasts a week. Holy cow. We could be at like Joe Rogan status right now. It could be like 100 million downloads never a month. Gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> if 100 million, well, 100 million people listen to Joe Rogan talk about hunting, but that's because Joe Rogan, he's Joe Rogan. If you had that many downloads on a hunting podcast, that'd be insane. Like, there's not that many people in the world that hunt. Right. Well, there's quite a few, but I mean, uh, like, Joe listen, Rogan is very awesome, and he's are you he's saying really, we're not really, really awesome? Good. <laughs> <laughs> we're okay. all right. We're anyways, we're and we could go on forever battling who's who's more awesomer than the other. But um, Ryan this year has been quite awesome. He's consistent. He provides meat for his family, and uh, if anyone wants to uh, say that. He's probably not the best Western hunter. I there would no, argue with you. There is no the best. There's dude. I don't care. No I don't hunt, but I see you hunt, and I follow other people. You're the best in my eyes. So just try to be consistent. Brag. There's not I'm a just best for you in hunting because you never brag ever, and I'm going to do it for you. So okay, okay. So today's podcast, <laughs> we talked to our friend Corey Pearsall from. Uh, Birch Barrel. Yeah. Yeah. Long time um, Sitka employee and now yep. he's he's over at Birch Barrel and really good things coming out of that. Um, it's a really, really like cool design, good idea, I think. Um, and there's a market for it. I think it's pretty cool. We've, we've had opportunities now to, it's, it's basically, I guess we should explain what it is first, right? Mm-hmm. A little bit. I know we do in the podcast, but it's, uh, it's kind of like a portable barbecue system that's got all kinds of like really unique fancy features that make it work really really well Mm -hmm. you know whether it's a slow cook or a sear or you know you can smoke with it too if you want but um yeah it's it's just a great portable system it kind of sits on a tripod it's got the barrel in the middle you can adjust this thing up or down um like i mentioned and just got different tiers so you know, you raise the coals, uh, whether you're doing like a, um, like a charcoal or a wood fire, you can kind of raise that grate up or lower it, um, mm. to get the, the heat where you want it. So, and it's just fun, man. We, we had it out at our house here for a good meal and, uh, you just kind of get to stand around and 
I think Montana, this place where we're at here, it's just made for it because you kind of want to be outside and, you know, you just get to stand around and who doesn't like standing around and, and like an open <laughs> fire and, uh, you know, whether that's talking about the harvest or, you know, just eating food. Heck, we had s'mores on it that one night. No, it's really fun. And, um, in fact, we were just at a meal the other day where we did a bunch of veggies on it uh, mm-hmm. down there at Stone Glacier. Um, had some squash, had some asparagus and all kinds of good brats. Yeah, I think the mission too, you know, their thing is, is I think they're like friends, food and fire or something like that. And, and the idea is that people stand around and they tell stories and they gather around a campfire or a barrel, you know, a fire barrel. And this, they, they created it around that. And the cool thing is you can use wood in it, which is so neat. Mm-hmm. I love the taste of food cooked over wood. Uh, and... And you can stand around it, you know, like a grill, you got to lift the thing up. It's kind of awkward. And this, you can stand in a circle, you can like roast marshmallows around it, which yeah, it just creates a really cool little atmosphere to be cooking whatever it is, meat or veggies or, mm-hmm. or, you know, we did sweet potatoes or pretty much anything and everything that you can on, on any other grill. But mm-hmm. no, it's a, it's a really unique, last year we, um, we kind of, we had music around the, the, the barrel mm-hmm. at one of the events. So it was, um, no, it's, it's really cool design. I like it. Yeah. So currently right now they're doing a Kickstarter campaign, I believe through the beginning of December. Uh, this is trying, they're trying to crowdfund, um, this business and Corey in this podcast, he talks about a number of things. We talk about the birch barrel. We talk about family, we talk about kiddos. We talk about, uh, his paleo journey mm-hmm. and we talk about protein. I talk throw some medical things in there and uh, we talk about a number of different things, but their Kickstarter is going through the beginning of December. So you can get a good deal on a barrel um, and, and we're going to be getting one. So we're super excited. Uh, I was hoping we would have it by Thanksgiving, but their shipments are still coming in and stuff. And so manufacturing is still happening, but we're hoping for Christmas we'll have our barrel and we'll be able to cook some stuff at Christmas would be super fun because also like where we live, it's winter out right now and you got snow and it's cold, but you know, we could put this thing out on our patio and uh, cook with it. And it's like warm standing around the fire. So, um, we're looking forward to that. And Corey's just a great guy. He's super humble. He's really chill back. He's a lot like you. <laughs> um, and he loves, he's a rock climber, an avid rock climber and an avid fisherman. Fly fisherman. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's his two big loves. And um, yeah, so he's come over a few times. We've enjoyed meals together and I'm sure we'll be lifetime friends. So um, go to birchbarrel.com or you can go to Kickstarter. Um, for the birch barrel and anything else? No, I say we get into it. All right. Okay. Well, this is Thanksgiving week. So everybody have a great Thanksgiving. Uh, we're thankful for you. Thankful that you're here listening to us and that you've supported us over these years to, to uh, be where we're at and um, helping us to share this lifestyle with many other people. So have a great Thanksgiving. I grew up with two, three brothers. I don't oh. know, uh, two, I was going to say two more 
anyway, I have four kids. And anyway, math was going haywire. <laughs> you were for a from second, a family of four. From a family of okay. four, um, uh, three older br- or three brothers, one older, two younger. So I was thinking four-ish, and then we had Brooks, and I was like, okay, um, this changes your life. <laughs> um, and so then we had Sawyer, and we were both. Yeah. pleasantly uh, happy with with just two so we cut it off at two but now i'm thinking i should adopt a 13 year old doesn't feel ethical <laughs> to do so just to hire a permanent babysitter or daycare provider um but anyway that was that yeah, i was think my... there's child labor laws against that now yeah yeah but you know i've been, I've been trying 10, to get almost to 11 third, but... tiana's almost five yeah we're gonna have a built-in babysitter here in yeah. a couple of years are you yes thinking year. about another one no, I keep I keep trying, but he'll keeps blocking me. <laughs> Corey obviously does not know how old I am and how uh, I never want to be pregnant again ever. No, she hated it, hated the whole pregnancy part. It, it's, I really like the way we the route we took, though. Quite honestly, and like well, we said this on the last podcast too, when we we're talking about children, is um, you know we're in our forties now. Uh, I got way more patience now. I've always been pretty patient. But I can't even imagine at 18 or 20, 22 even, I was an idiot back then. I mean, I was in no, from you where not I am now to where I was <laughs> then, oh, I was an idiot. But it's just night and day, kind completely of different. Withdrawn. My parenting, my parenting would have been completely different. Yeah. Ryan so. wanted to be like on a river fishing for steelhead. Oh, 24 seven. If you yeah. like, you're a fisherman, steelhead right? Home. Like. Guys that like to fish, there's something kind of emotionally weird about them because they can just stand there and fish all day and not talk to anybody. Emotionally weird. My wife right now is agreeing with you entirely. It's like there's an emotional disconnect with like the ability you, it it could be a good disconnect. You're able to easily emotionally disconnect. And just focus on that activity. You go to the river. This is what I'm doing. And Ryan's always like that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, I think uh, I think we're at a good we were at a good spot where we had kids. We had made a lot of sacrifices and we compromised a lot and we made it work. Yeah. And we were older. Yeah. yeah. So have we introduced our guest yet? <laughs> you can do that. You you can record like he's a- like our counselor now. You I can feel do, like he's our counselor now. A prelude or something like that. <laughs> Dr. Pearsall, can you tell us if we made the right decision? <laughs> Let's just get a little intro on, on right. Corey here. And, okay. I like long walks on the beach. <laughs> uh, you look like I, like, I like girls, but I only make boys. Yes. Name's <laughs> uh, Corey Pearsall. Uh, I... Uh, now I don't even know how to introduce myself because I don't know <laughs> if I should talk about my family or just like hunting history. Yeah. I don't know even know where to go. Anyway, uh, so many like avenues every with this podcast. can go back to hunting. Like you could you find could a way. Circle it back. Yeah. Um, I really don't have any successful hunting like <laughs> badges, so it, uh, we should talk about my family. Anyway, uh, I do ah. have two kids. I have two boys, uh, a four-year-old and a two-year-old. Mm-hmm. We've uh, met them. They two came out. Dudes. They're yeah. awesome. Uh, we've two. cooked uh, we've cooked s'mores with 
Yeah, the kiddos <laughs> out here. Uh, Your older kid, did we had. Brooks have? I, I think know. that kid was smashing mallows. Like I've never seen anybody smash. He full mallows. on lied to us. Four yeah, full on was like, I'm only on number two, Dad. <laughs> You're like, uh, and he was clearly on four. Yeah, yeah. 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 Did he crash out on the way home? Yeah, yeah. Um, after a, after like breaking down and crying for yeah. 10 minutes. Anyone who says sugar doesn't. Oh, they're children. They don't are, have children. Yeah, I yeah. don't understand. Oh my I have gosh. no idea. It's cocaine for the brain, babies. It's bad for them. And it what is. do we do? We just keep giving it keep to them. Keep giving it to them. Yeah. Um, but they are, as we talked about, like entirely different kids. Um, Bricks is, you know, he's. Uh, my wife was just telling me she's like he listed out a checklist of the things that i needed to be doing um before we left the driveway uh seatbelt on check uh wow. headlights on check uh you know radio station on kids belted in like <laughs> we're like okay very organized yes he is he's wow. very organized we need one of those in our That's life great. um sawyer on the <laughs> other hand he chugs his water with one hand like he's downing a pint of beer. Like he, he already looks like a frat kid who just doesn't, uh, doesn't easy care. Yeah. Super, I mean, uh, you know, we were talking about patience and all those things. You know, he's he's a comedian. He's got a great personality, but he doesn't know, like he doesn't have the comedic, comedic timing yet. So like... You know, he's having a blast kicking his feet while you're trying to change his diaper and he's sitting there laughing. And you're like, okay, listen, this is fun. I see you're having fun. Five minutes of this is enough. I need you to stop. I just want to put your new diaper on you. Uh, So he tests the patience and it's so tough because you're like, I know you're having fun and you're smiling and I'm about to spank you because you're not stopping. Like, mm-hmm. I just need you to stop. Just stop so I can put your pants on in a diaper. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you're taking this too far. But- Seeing a bad parent would cross the line because they'd lose their temper. Like, and you know, when you have kids, that line is really fine, yeah. right? Yep, totally. Like, I was told that. Yep. The difference between a good parent and a bad parent is like a very thin line. Mm-hmm. So you need to check yourself when you start getting too mad. Yeah, I just, and it's, I, you know, because they will make you mad. Yeah. I yeah. just have to remind myself that he's having fun. And for some reason, this is funny to him. Even though it's really frustrating (laughs) for me, like beyond frustrating. So I'm hoping he grows out of that and understands like enough's enough. Um, But yeah, obviously love him to death. Um, You know, Brooks is uh, finding his own path. Like they play a lot together, but then once in a while they kind of migrate away from each other and Mm -hmm. one will do one thing, the other will do the other thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Unfortunately, right now, Brooks will build some elaborate thing and then Sawyer will come and destroy it. Nickname for Sawyer is Sawyer the Destroyer or (laughs) AKA Cannonball, um, which unfortunately probably that was probably one of those self-fulfilling prophecies where we gave him a nickname, you know, as he was born and now he is, (laughs) now he is that. He's turned into that. Yeah, Yeah. just totally turned into that. Um, (laughs) But uh, they... Yeah, talking about activities. I mean, they, um, Brooks loves fishing. Uh, we gave him an opportunity. We basically were like, hey, listen, do you want, Brooks being the oldest, do you want, uh, do you want to go to gymnastics again or do you want to go climbing? Because I'm obsessed with climbing and I don't want to push them. Right. That's kind of why I asked that question of, you know, how, like, do you try to massage them into sure. a direction or just let them be who they are? And, um, I, I kind of felt like I was massaging Brooks to, to climbing, but he is always excited. Uh, just the other day when my wife dropped him off, she was prepping him. She was like, all right, I'm going to drop you off 
and I'm going to go with Sawyer and go do X, Y, and Z. Are you going to be okay with that, right? Like a four-year-old, first time us dropping him off on an activity and leaving. And she drops him off and like they get through the door and he goes, okay, bye, mom. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like totally yeah. ready for it. Uh, yeah. And that's so small things. Yeah. Uh, just get me, gets me kind of all riled up for him to get older. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, sorry. Where, where, where were we? Oh, I was introducing no, myself and I went on a about total yourself. rant. Yeah. Because, yeah. Sorry. No, that was what we asked for. Yeah. So now we know your kids and what they love to do. Are you a firstborn? Are you the middle? Or are you the end? I am a middle child. I've got an older brother. He's four years older than I am. And mm-hmm. then I've got two younger brothers, which I had a, a, a thought when we were talking about parenting and like, are we good about parenting? And I remember my two younger brothers, I would tape mittens on them and then send them into the ring and they would box each other. <laughs> it got pretty brutal in there and i was like maybe maybe i shouldn't have been a parent (laughs) that was my judgment but anyway it turned out it turned out you have kids and you figure it out wow then Um, you your your dad throws out only y chromosomes too then huh so parents yes so i guess yeah well it was uh so my older brother's uh, i guess a full brother and then parents divorced and Uh, stepdad, and so I guess half brothers. Mm-hmm. What do you call that? I don't know. They're uh, half brothers, half yeah. Brothers, but same yeah. mother, same mom. Yeah. Uh, different dad, but yeah, all dudes. Sorry, mom. <laughs> deal with that. I always think about that, like the <laughs> gals that get only boys, and then the dads that get only girls. Like mm-hmm. so much like difference in boys and girls, and how yeah. you, you know, I've got a girlfriend who has three sons, and they're older now and stuff, and she's like, she sees. Haley and Tiana, oh, they're in the cute little dress. I never got to buy little dresses, yep. you know, or the, you know, the, all the girls and never got to do the boy thing. Yep. But yeah. yeah, again, you get what you get. Unless you adopt. You can choose. <laughs> choose. Yeah. <laughs> and can you, do you really choose when you adopt even? I, I have no, I have zero I experience mean, there. So I, I do, don't know. I just always think like you're probably just like, give us whatever we can get right like or do you get to choose the sex i would think you wouldn't want to do that if you were adopting but i have no idea it would kind of be like a pregnancy where you don't find out what you're gonna have they just come to you and they're like surprise we have a boy (laughs) awesome but yeah paleo always says to me mom you're just not doing your job you could just adopt a nine-year-old boy and that would just help his life and i'm like don't lay a guilt trip on me right now (laughs) like i know there's plenty of kids out there that need parents i'm not gonna adopt one right now you know and (laughs) she was homeschooled and her tutor had eight kids mostly girls all girls she'd only had one boy her Mm. boy had died of SIDS, which is unfortunate Mm. when he was a baby so she had all girls had they had a baby another girl and then she said, I think we're going to adopt a boy because they just can't get enough of like kids. Mm-hmm. And Paley was like, mom, Allison has like eight kids and she's adopting a boy. <laughs> and I'm like, Allison has way more patience than yeah. I do. Like she's got eight kids again, three kids, eight kids. What's another? Adopt another one. Bring them on in. And uh, I used to leave my kids there, you know, drop Paley off for school and Tiana for she watched the two-year-old because she had a two-year-old. Yeah insane like i would just leave there like 
How do you do it? Go to work, is a scale. Like a job. There must be some type of scale ratio where like things just get easier with more kids. I highly doubt that. That <laughs> sounds absolutely. Eight girls. I, I think Ryan has a limit. Probably, I think eight girls would. Yeah, I don't know about eight. <laughs> I, I don't know about three. three. <laughs> we that was like we a have the neighbor kids come <laughs> over and the two girls. Sometimes they bring the little sister, so sometimes we'll have five girls and their older sister. Sometimes we'll have six girls here. Yeah, yeah it's an I told Ryan. Ocean going I was on like, I sometimes. don't know how people do this many kids. Like it's the noise level, just the noise level. Yeah. With girls that age, <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of shows to watch. Lots of shows, that's hours lots of, of shows for us to have to watch. Yeah, <laughs> they're fun to watch, but we do have to watch them and grade them and critique them. Yeah, and score them. Everyone who has girls understands what that means. <laughs> the show, the dance show. Sit down and watch me dance and move and yeah, jump around and. And vote for me. And vote for me. Because I'm the best. What's your yeah. dance like, Ryan? <laughs> yeah, see, Corey, there is no dance here. <laughs> I can watch Hill get up there. She's awesome. She'll dance with a girl. She's really good. I got no skills at that. Just because you never I was gifted try. with very few things. Hunting and fishing are those things. <laughs> Everything else is, uh, yeah, I'm kind of lacking. I have no dance skills. Yeah. I've been trying My to get him to... My singing voice, though, is, is pretty dang good when I want it to be. Yeah, he's a good singer. <laughs> he would be a good singer. He could be like Dave Brinker. Mm. But mm. he would fall over and pass out if he had to step on stage. Have, yeah, sing. if I had a cardboard box over my head so nobody could you see could me. You could be like that marshmallow guy. You just Or what was the gal that wears the, all the things uh, over her head? You just wear something like that. Just hide. You can always hire somebody to stand out there and you can be in the background. Yeah, they <laughs> can look good lip sync for me out there. <laughs> I feel like you dancing, though, you could come up with, you know how there's like all those different moves where there's like the, what is it, the sprinkler and the shopping cart. You oh, know the, what I'm I could do the fly cast. The exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Or yeah. the, you like can, the shotgun or something yeah, like that. Yeah, you can come up with your own mountain man. <laughs> the whip. Dance moves. Uh, the whip. <laughs> or the bow and arrow. The shot into the air. <laughs> there is a Qigong move that's like the archer. Yeah. Just do it super slow. That would be my move. You're right, Dory. Good call on that. <laughs> I'd like to see this I'm film. not going to show it's it. His break. It's, his, it's his dance-off move. He just gets out there. Oh. Mm, slow motion, a little bit of Qigong Tai Chi look there. Uh, what about you? Are you are like, you a dancer? Star of the show, uh, center no. stage. No, I dance uh, extraordinary. Organized sports were not my thing. Um, learned that pretty quick. Yeah. Um, but dancing is. Dancing so, is so you're a solo <laughs> dancer. <laughs> dancing so, an organized it's sport. So I don't... bad. <laughs> okay. Ask my wife. So bad. Uh, I can play the drums fairly well, so I can keep a beat, oh. but my feet do not move. Like when I actually try to dance, like they do not. Hop with you. Well. They just don't. There's no rhythm there at all. Yeah. I just don't I know how they do you can't incredible. like feel rhythm in your body and like move. It's just natural. I feel it. it. It just doesn't come through the feeling. Huh. Remember when Forrest a, Gump is like good. trying to dance with Jenny? You remember that? Yeah. yeah that's probably what I would look like. <laughs> he would not look like yeah, that. Yeah. I think when I first saw that, I'd be like, oh, that's me. That's no. exactly what I'd look like. So see, my strategy with this, my strategy with this is that Peely, I think she'd be in ballroom dance because she'd be a really good ballroom dancer. And then Ryan, we'd have to go to ballroom dancing like... 
um, classes because Paley's going to have to have a guy to practice with at home so you could learn how to ballroom dance you and be the lead. You could put your in a man bun mm. and you could book no, let suave. Those, let oh, those locks flow while yeah. you're dancing. Just let them flow. <laughs> and, and then that means oh, that then you geez. would – ballroom dance with me because mm. we're gonna have to go to weddings someday i know you don't want to hear that you know how many years i've avoided those you might have I've, to dance at their I've wedding and what if we just record. pulled out like a ballroom dance like your dad might fall over dead of a heart attack if that happened that would actually be that would be rad just yeah, out of no nowhere. one knows that, that you're taking these rad? lessons and then you it just would be so rad like <laughs> It would be rad for nobody except for me. I would just like, I would have another yep. baby for you if you Change did that. Change the podcast. Oh, man. Hot harvest dance. Jeez. Totally did it. Did you just hear what she said? She would have another baby if, oh, for me if oh, I did that. Oh, there we go. Wow. I would Dang. be willing to sacrifice nine months, nine months of, of my life for, to see Ryan pull off a real, not fake. Just one move though, it's, right? No. No, like a one dance. skip across the floor. I need like a samba or like a salsa. Something oh, sexy. None of this like waltz. I want like well, I don't know the difference. I want like sexy Latino hips and tight shirt. <laughs> what was that movie with Ben Stiller in it? <laughs> Zoolander? No. Oh. oh, I can't remember. He yeah, I don't know. Was anyway. that the dodgeball? No, it was no. uh with Aniston and Ben Stiller and wasn't it Aniston? Uh, yeah, he did like uh, yeah, he got those like salsa moves. Oh yeah, mm. she was doing salsa dancing and he was trying to get with her, so he pretended he could do it. Just pretend I'm Jennifer Aniston. That's how you got to do. <laughs> go to go to dance class. How long is a normal oh, dance class? Boy. I think Ryan needs three sessions. An hour. <laughs> well, I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, over a duration of time. I think Ryan needs be, like three years. It would be hard to hide that because there'd be a lot of time invested for that one dance. <laughs> yeah, I'd be gone a lot, a lot more. Oh my gosh. So. <laughs> Anyways, if that ever happens, folks, I will make sure somebody will be there filming it. It will be on Instagram. <laughs> don't worry you you won't have to <laughs> go through that folks well that's actually, not coming to fruition is the, that only, what you're the only reason he might actually do it is if paley made him yeah. he would never do it for me or for Look, her daddy daughter dances are fine but salsa dances do you see those guys that daddy dancer daddy daughter dances they get down mm. daddies get out there get oh, crazy thought it looked pretty simple but <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Okay, Corey. So, besides parenting so many and children here. and family, <laughs> um, tell us about what else is going on in your life. First of all, what's your career goal right well, now? That, Where are you working? Yeah, how do we know you? <laughs> I'll tell you how we like how, how do we know how, Corey. We used to see Corey a lot in town, like. Yep. Run, well, like Rosemary, you just kind of run into We people. just kind of run into you. Yeah. Ran into you out at Randy's place. Yep. For some muskrat tacos. Yep. Um, and and we were I stumbled. Lot G one day. Was that Lot G we ran into? Yeah, you? Lot G. Because I'm trying to remember where it was that I, where I first, you know, did like the. I was actually intimidated to come up and say hi. But uh, she is I'd, pretty hot. You know, it's hard <laughs> to talk about. Yeah. This. He's like. Well, so it out. was right around the time that I started paleo and was researching, researching. And I came across your site and podcasts, et cetera. And then I saw you. I want to. It has. I think it was just at uh, Lot G. 
Yeah. I don't think I, I think, met you before Lot G. No, I think that yeah. was it. And I was like, wait, I know these people. Um, you were there at a meeting with at Sika, fellow yeah, Sika when workers. I was still working over at Sika. Yeah. Wow. And then uh turned out you guys moved to Bozeman. So then I just kept on creeping on you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, no, we'd, we'd see you at various places throughout Bozeman. Yeah. But, um, yeah, you worked at Sika. You worked at Sika for quite a number of years. Yeah, so I started I started at Sika in 2011 and transitioned. Whew, um, it was just this August. Uh, wow. Yeah, to a company called Birch Barrel. Yeah. Yep. Yep. We've um, become a little bit familiar with the Birch Barrel. That's where we had those s'mores. We cooked them over <laughs> a Birch Barrel. Yeah. Yeah. As it, well as. Uh, some other things. And I that think that, it, uh, you know, all of it, so obviously jumping here, but um, I started Paleo in January and then just through that progression and uh, everything that I experienced through it, Birch, but like getting into a cooking company or a brand that, mm -hmm. that created a device for cooking, for mm -hmm. me, you know, it's funny. It, it actually took my wife to remind me that I love cooking. I mean, my first job was in a restaurant, started as a dishwasher, and then moved into a kitchen manager. Did I mean, you tell was, me your dad was a chef? Yep, my dad was a chef. Yeah. Um, and so cooking for me was familiar. Uh, I enjoy it. Uh, it's kind of like, you know, fly fishing when you have that focus. You mm -hmm. kind of focus on the timing of cooking, the preparation, how things go, the flavors just kind of gives you that that focus and that um uh what we what, what did you reference it as it's your um meditation meditation mm -hmm. yeah um and so it took my wife to remind me because i was kind of you know job shopping at the time uh, my wife was like hey you like to cook that's a cooking device what do you think and it was funny because i hadn't actually like associated or put it together and as soon as she said it um it like haunted me uh, and so Birch Barrel became more and more because I had great job at Sika. Sika is phenomenal. Um, and so to leave a, you know, a reliable job to go to a startup here in Bozeman, I mean, we don't, we still don't have a product yet. Uh, so we have no mm -hmm. revenue stream. It's mm -hmm. kind of risky. Um, but yeah. for me, my, my life, I shouldn't say my career, but my, my life has always been driven by my passions and not so much by a career. Um, and so it was kind of neat to be revitalized again. You know, I went from a hunting brand, which obviously is a passion of mine, uh, to cooking, which actually lends itself pretty well to, um, both hunting, fishing. Uh, I mean, it's, uh, we get to talk about harvesting, self-processing, all those things through Birch Barrel, uh, yeah. which are all pieces of my life. So, yeah. You're getting the cat. I'm taking video. <laughs> <laughs> My cat is looking pretty relaxed in your lap gel. right now. Yep. He likes He's the warm. warmest lap in the house. Yep. Um, he knows not to sit in our laps, so he <laughs> finds the guest. Gets pushed off. Not Sorry. to sit in <laughs> your lap. Like that? Is that not the spot? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's been a fun couple months. Uh, great team. Uh, Roby's the founder. Uh, and Rudy's kind of our sales guy. So there's only three of us. Mm -hmm. Um, and for those who don't know, Birch Barrel is, a, uh, I call it a shared experience, a shared cooking experience, which doesn't describe what it is whatsoever, but it is a, a hanging grill or fire pit. Um, and so it's based on a tripod. Uh, and what that does is allows the lid to lift straight up and down, 
which allows everyone to gather around it like a fire pit. Mm -hmm. So instead of cooking uh, off, you know, in the corner while everyone is either inside or at a picnic table and you're solo, um, you get to share the experience and actually maintain conversations and, and literally cook like you're cooking on an open flame or like an open fire. Everyone gets to face each other. Um, and choose if you want to cook from wood. So, you know, if you want to get a little bit more artistic with your cooking instead of propane mm -hmm. uh, or even just charcoal, we take it to the next level of cooking with wood. I always joke Montana is like one of the worst places because all we have are lodgepole pines and spruce and maybe some dog fur, but yeah. it makes it difficult. But um, it gives you that opportunity. And because it's freestanding, if you don't really have a backyard that's built for it, you can still have a social experience with it. You don't have to establish a backyard. You don't have to build out a patio and all these things. Um, and so the, the barrel kind of creates that atmosphere for you. Um, like your deck, you have a, a back deck. Which yeah. You would go right on it. Yeah. yeah. Go right on yeah it. We don't, yeah. for the size of this house, the back deck is like weak, like it's small, but the birch barrel would be perfect like in the corner it wouldn't take up a huge chunk and it would just feel like it was kind of meant to be there yeah um i mean yeah, you could even just have it in the backyard i mean it's yeah. kind of cool where i like the where design. i first saw the birch barrel was actually at last summer's last one this past summer's uh, western hunting summit yep Roby came out mm -hmm. um got to meet him and uh and we had a great time i mean he cooked I mean, he cooked like burgers for all of us. Um, and then it kind of lasted throughout the night. It was a really cool experience because, um, you know, after the food was done, the fire just kept rolling. Mm -hmm. And then Brinker comes in and he's like doing his music and we're all standing around. It's just a mm -hmm. great, great atmosphere. Um, one of the highlights of that um, Western Hunting Summit mm -hmm. on that Friday after the, after all the hiking and working out. So now we had a, we had a great time and it was, it was great for that event, especially. It's it's got this like primal ap appeal to it. And I don't know. It creates this contagious atmosphere. Um, you almost have to see it um, to kind of understand it. And there's, you know, I always talk about the why, trying to paint that picture so people can see it in the moment and the experience. But it's also probably one of the easiest things to cook off of. Yeah, I I like the idea of cooking over wood. I really, I love that. And the idea that it rolls up and it rolls down mm -hmm. so you can smoke and you can do all that kind of stuff. I like that. And <laughs> we have massive wind here, as you experienced yeah. when you came out with the barrel that night. We had a lot of wind that night, or at least the beginning of the night, we had yep. a lot of wind. So you can put the fire down, yep, start coal. it. Yeah, we call or, it a coal pan and you can... Yeah. you can rotate that coal pan, lower it, um, so that way you have less wind, yeah. Um, yeah. which proved valuable that night yeah it did yeah and we ate some good brats were those antelope brats we had no those were mule deer, mule brats. deer brats my father-in-law shot a mule deer uh, mule deer buck which it was delicious i did uh i salted the you know what are they called tomahawks and you know, left some the uh, the rib on the back uh -huh. strap it was like i had this notion that this was going to be super gamey because it was a mule deer salted it left it you know salted for maybe an hour uh and then threw it on a grill and there was zero wild game thought afterwards mm -hmm. like, God, that's the way that i'm going to do it i yeah. mean it the the grizzle that was still on like the rib cage fat uh, it was it was delicious yeah it was amazing anyway I, i'm the mule deer was delicious and, yeah. yeah i could tell you know it's funny we were setting up a dinner and um i could tell that you were really 
into food <laughs> just through our, our text messages back and forth. Like this excited you because yeah. you were having like, you had the ingredients and you were getting into like what we were going to eat and making an aioli sauce and all these type things. And it just felt like, yeah, this guy, he seems like he's a chef or Well, my yeah. favorite very, like message to get he's is. He's had some experience with a grill <laughs> or hey, food. Do you care if um, Corey comes out and cooks his dinner? I'm like, no, that would suck. <laughs> Tell him we're not into that. I was like, yeah, that would be awesome. Um, you know, it's fun to have other people to cook with and that like to cook and like healthy food yeah. and well, ways and to make it. And the cool thing about the barrels, you can throw everything on there. We had cooked avocados. Mm -hmm. We sweet had potatoes. sweet potato yams. We had the brats. We had onions, right? Yep. And then we did s'mores at the end. It yeah. was like... Yeah, and it's a fun experience. Like with the propane, you don't get that. You don't get the kids no. being able to stand around the barrel and like... Throw, no. the, throw the mallows <laughs> in there and burn them to a crisp. You don't get all that. Nope. No. <laughs> so, no, and we have this little cheesy uh, fireplace thing that we bought that Ryan got last. Uh, a little deck. Little deck thing, pit. you know, and you can build a little fire, but to make marshmallows or whatever, but it's not going to cook our food on it. So no. that's way cooler. Yeah. And then you can keep the fire going for longer. And um, it just kind of fits with our house, anyways. I think it fits in yeah. Montana. Yeah. It does. It's very, it just feels like Montana. It's very rustic. It seems to me too like something if I was out camping or I was like, I don't know, like dudes that are in wall tents or something, yeah, totally. like having Absolutely. something like that mm -hmm. um, would be pretty cool because you have the food and then you have the ability to stand around the fire yep. and stay warm. Uh, they, the idea is always to kind of continue the adventure uh, mm -hmm. through the storytelling right so then you wrap up with some good food friends and stories and you convert it like you're saying you go from cooking to a fire so yeah, yeah. it doesn't have to stop right away you can kind of continue that so what about it what about food you said you started paleo in january yeah so tell us a little bit about that process so i woke up at like 4 30 stressed from work uh, I was waking up at 3.30 or 4.30 in the morning, uh, lots to think about and not able to go to bed. This was while I was at, uh, at Sika. Just there's a, a lot of work. wasn't necessarily stressful work, just a lot of work. Yeah. Uh, and I turned on Netflix and I watched a show called The Paleo Way. Are you guys familiar with that? Mm -mm. Um, Paleo Way by Pete Evans. Hmm. And um, I watched one episode and then watched The, uh, the Miracle Pill, The Magic Pill. I think it's the magic pill. Uh, and it's all based on paleo and like keto and mm -hmm. what that can do for your body. And and I, I didn't have like that thought of like I was unhealthy and I needed to do a diet. I just watched it and was like, yeah, that's a, that's a, that like aligns with my harvester mentality. I have a garden in the backyard, um, like to hunt, I self process. Like, this just makes sense. Uh, and you watch that show and it, it, you know, I'm sure you've spoken about it tons of times and, and the health benefits and, um, yeah. you know, they basically simplified, uh, talked about, you know, uh, kids with, um, mental handicaps, uh, uh autism, autism yeah. seizure um, disorders yeah. and mm -hmm. talks about diabetes, diabetes uh, they yeah. go through with like, they basically just, uh, study a couple individuals <laughs> and it just goes through the benefits of removing processed food, um, and, and certain other variables out of the equation. And so we're like, yeah, do it. So we gutted the house, uh, and for three months, was pretty hard paleo um 
the you know the one thing I had to do because I was also I still am addicted to like chocolates and and sugar. Halloween was bad for me. Fell off the mm. fell off the, <laughs> fell off the wagon the wagon real Ooh. hard for Halloween. You but, don't like Baker's chocolate yet? So I do. <laughs> it's just the convenience aspect of it being right there. Oh. But but I kind of knew that, and so I created. You know, I think they talked a little bit about it. And so I just, I created this really simple, it was like almond, coconut, and 100% dark chocolate. Um, and it was so bitter at the time because mm-hmm. I hadn't eaten it very often. But just a small little piece of it would totally curb that sugar kind of chocolate craving that I'd always have. Um, and that was the crutch that I think I really needed that actually pulled a lot of my ability to do paleo. (laughs) Um, and so for three months combined with, you know, an active lifestyle, not necessarily like in the gym active, but I remember diligently going to the sheep show, um, for Sika and, uh, I was run like for three days straight, just busy and I would eat uh, a healthy breakfast in the morning, eggs, uh, some fruit, um, uh, I think bacon and ham. And that would be like like 6am and then I'd intermittent fast, I guess we'd call it. Right. And then I wouldn't eat until the buffet and I would always show up late for the buffet. So I would basically go from 6am till 8pm. Um, and I was moving, like covering the floor, saying hi. Uh, at the time mm. at SICA, I was uh, managing the guide outfitter program. So I had a lot of people, uh, hands to shake, people to interact with, as well as uh, conservation liaison. So I was meeting up with a lot of the orgs that were there. Um, so moving uh, in kind of intermittent fasting. And then I'd, I'd get to the buffet or the, the dinner, the banquet dinner. And I'd always have a plate there. And I'd just eat the protein and the vegetables, and then I'd grab a server and be like, can I have a vegan meal? And then they'd bring me a big old plate of basically vegetables and I'd scarf that down. So uh, while traveling, was able to easily stick to, I mean, it wasn't probably paleo because I have no idea where the beef came from. It wasn't officially paleo, right? It's probably, it probably wasn't grass-fed, but it's a mixture of paleo-keto. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, within those three months, I dropped 30 pounds, went from 195 wow. to about... 170 between 170 Mm. and 165 and started climbing um and stayed in the gym and um i i climbed for three or four years pretty aggressively and back in the day and took a long hiatus about 10 years and got back in the gym probably february uh and i'm stronger within this time frame what is that 11 months February to now, 10 months, something like that. Mm-hmm. I've definitely surpassed my four years of climbing. Um, I mean, there's a lot of cheats there. I threw out a cheat code of dropping 30 pounds. So my finger strength is way higher. It's like I'm pulling up, you know, obviously yeah. 30 pounds lighter. So I can climb harder. But just all the things that I went through, you know, I actually, I think I credit a little bit of that experience to my shift um, from Sika. Um, just the confidence that I created. Uh, et cetera, and um, the courage, I guess, uh, to quit a reliable job to go to something new and exciting. But anyway, there's a there's a lot of in betweens there that I totally skipped over. Um, was it just yeah. the the Was it just watching those videos that motivated you, or were you having like some kind of health issues besides the weight? No, I think. Uh, or did it just make sense? It just made sense. Right. Yeah. It just totally made sense to try something. <laughs> 
simple. So, I mean, and it's so fitting sim- to, like you said, your lifestyle. Yep. I mean, you hunt, you do these certain things. And um, I think kicking out processed foods makes sense to all of us yeah. in a way. Mm-hmm. But probably seeing that movie was like lit a spark. Yeah. And it challenged. It was kind of a little bit of a challenge. Can, can we kind of, um, can we get back to that kind of, you know, I used the word primal earlier, but it was mm-hmm. definitely, uh, you know, the caveman diet, I guess is what they call it. Right. Uh, uh I guess, <laughs> I mean, did cavemen even it. have fire? They were just eating like raw meat, weren't they? Yeah. Like it's, um, yeah, I think diet is, I know diet is really powerful and unfortunately, I even hate the word diet, right? Yeah. Like people think of dieting and they think they have to be on a special diet. It's pretty common sense. Like cut out, you you know, the foods that you can buy in the mm-hmm. middle of the grocery store. Like that wasn't around not even a hundred years ago. Yeah. You know, the whole foods situation is just more that whole foods. And then I think the grains aspect and the dairy aspect of paleo is just cutting out two really large allergens for most people that they're having reactions to. Mm -hmm. And so you're going to feel better if you're not eating dairy um, and glutinous grains and all that kind of stuff. And we talked about earlier, you know, what the grains, the effect that grains can have on your gut Mm -hmm. by increasing zonulin, destroying the border and increasing leaky gut and all that stuff. Um, And, but I, I, I think it's really amazing how, diet itself can have such a profound effect on people's health. Um, I think the hard part about it is it's not overnight and you do have to be consistent. Yeah. You know, it's um, a, I always joke that it's a lifestyle. It's not a diet. Exactly. Yeah, That's the better sure. word. Yeah. It's kind of like Ryan's <laughs> the hunting. It's not a hobby. It's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. And yeah. that's how food is. Yeah. Um, I also feel like there's a huge social piece of food that we're missing. And then you're talking about the birch barrel and like, that's just the thought of, like I said, it's so cool. Somebody came to cook us dinner. I love the social, I love being social. Like mm-hmm. I love, and food is such a social thing. Mm-hmm. And I think eating, especially if you go to places like South America or even Europe or some of these places, social engagements are just around food. Yeah. Like the big lunch in the middle of the day, the whole family gets together. Yeah. Everybody eats food. People sit down, even if it's 10 o'clock at night, yeah. like the Italians are eating dinner. Like yeah. uh, in Turkey, it was the same way. People are going to eat their like dinner at like 10 o'clock at night, yeah. which to us would be like, so against the rules, but it's social. Yeah. They go out, they sit together for hours yeah. and they're not gorging themselves. They're like, eating a little bit of this and a little bit of that and drinking tea and drinking coffee or having wine or whatever. And it's, it's this real social event. I think what processed food has done is made it very convenient and easy for us to get food in our guts so mm-hmm. that we feel full for the short term. But it's taken, um, it's taken away a lot of that, the part of eating that actually is really important, which is sitting down, enjoying your food, talking with people, um, tasting your food, you know, you cooked this or the story around the food. I I think that's the thing with hunters too, that I really enjoy about the food aspect is, and we always talk about this, you know, the stories that the animals bring. Mm -hmm. So if, if a person walks in here and they see the animals on the wall, they don't have any relationship to these animals. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have any relationship to these animals. I'm just jealous. 
<laughs> well, you know, most guys come over here and they start, can I take pictures of these? Can I take, like the maintenance guy downstairs was like, oh my gosh, somebody kills big animals in this house. He's like, do you mind if I take a picture? It's like, doesn't even know he is. I'm like, sure. But like, you don't have any emotional bond to these animals. I don't have an emotional bond to these animals, but Ryan does, obviously. Mm-hmm. And if you've seen all the animals in here and in the garage and downstairs, I ask him all the time. Do you remember every single story of every single one of these? Every single one. And he's like, yep. I believe that. Every single one. And so we have a story. You mm-hmm. know, we we can stand around the birch barrel and talk about the experience and the hunt and about that animal. And it's important. And mm-hmm. I think that was something that in most culture – that's what food meant to us. It was a time where people sat down, they were together, they relaxed, and they ate. But in today's world of like fight or flight and everybody's in like sympathetic mode, like your gut just doesn't work. Your gut's just busy being anxiety ridden and worrying about your job and all the stuff you got to do. It's like food's just something you do just to fill yourself up and and you lose relationship with it. And I think that that's probably where the disconnect starts is you don't know where the food comes from. So you don't have the story mm-hmm. and then you're always in a hurry and you can't enjoy it. You don't have anybody to sit down and eat with you. Um, everybody else is in a hurry too. Uh, and I also feel like real food, um, there's a lot more like involved in making that meal. Yeah. I mean, processed food is quick and easy, you know, yeah. empty a box in a thing of water and you're done. So you've, you've done this thing like prepping real food takes some time. Yep. It takes a while. You got to think it through. You got to do this, go through all these steps. And then you get to that end and you're like, you enjoy it more, yeah. just like a hunt that you work. If you work all 10 days, you feel like you earned it. Yeah. And <laughs> it's more enjoyable for me. Whereas like a meal, yeah, you got to plan and prep and, and go through all this stuff to get your like primal paleo meal at the end. And I feel like you'll hear a lot of stories yeah. um, with illness, right? Like why can people eat the gluten in Turkey or Italy and they don't get sick. Mm-hmm. People travel to Europe, they don't get sick from the gluten. Or they can have cheese and they can have wine and they feel fine in France or whatever. I think there I think there's something to be said, one definitely by the way the food is made and the grain that's used and the genetics that are part of it and all that. Mm-hmm. But usually in those cultures there's an aspect of a social connection. Yeah. And that's really important because, you know, we're all cowboys in the United States and we've all like, you know, got to do our own thing and be independent, which is great for lots of aspects. But like you coming over and sharing a meal and cooking for us, like that made that food. Like I didn't have any emotional relationship to your father-in-law's father-in-law yep. killing yep. that animal. But when you shared the story and we ate the food, it was like so good. Yeah. Right. And um, yeah, people are like, how can you let your kids eat s'mores? Do you know how fun it is to stand around a fire and cook marshmallows with your kids? Like <laughs> I could get on that like pedestal be like, yeah. my kids don't eat sugar, blah, 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 blah. It's like once in a while, my kids enjoy s'mores. And how fun was that? Yeah. To have all the kids out there cooking marshmallows, whining, complaining, having break- breakdowns, burning <laughs> their marshmallows. Overindulging and then not overindulging. doing it again for months. And like, that's, <laughs> do it. that's the fun part yeah. about it. It's mm-hmm. like camping. It's like, yep. that's part of it. And you, you need to enjoy that because your gut will respond to that. Like yep. joy in food is really important. Mm-hmm. So, and then I think I like if that. you mm-hmm. pick the right foods that it's all that much better. Yep. 
anyways, I don't know how I got on that tangent, but no, and, I think cavemen were probably, you know, even having more sociality around their food because there wasn't a whole lot of it. I think, it's like tribal communities. They killed a buffalo. Like, this is a big deal. They yeah. had, like, ceremonies and, like... Everybody worked on that food. Everybody had their hands in that food. Everybody participated in it. We've lost that. Yeah. We just give our food up to other people. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, Roby has always said it, you know, either we want to appeal to those that either harvest it, grow it, or, or raise it. Um, so, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be wild harvest, you know, if, mm-hmm. if you're a rancher, we, you know, that's, you're so involved in that you know, I don't want to say product by any means, but, you know, whether it's, you know, cattle, chickens. Um, yeah, you, you know, invested pork, in you it. You invested in it. Yeah. And that, that kind of, I mean, there's different ways of ranching. We won't go down that that hole by any means, but um, we respect all those individuals mm-hmm. uh, that participate mm-hmm. in the meal that they bring. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I think it's definitely something to be, well... Try to keep it around as long as you can, you know. Yeah. And I think cooking is a way to do that. Um, it's a and it's a it's just like that. There's for, like there's more strategy, and I just enjoy that aspect. Like I, uh, you know, when we talk about me being a chef, please note that I am like a very crude chef. I'm not. Uh, <laughs> we were joking about aiolis are not my thing. I'm like a, <laughs> a steak and potatoes kind of guy. My first job was over a grill, so I can I can grill for sure. Um, but there's strategy behind all of it. And so, you know, this was when I got into paleo, it was one of the first times I really actually opened a cookbook uh, mm. instead of just like putting, piecing things together. I actually mm-hmm. started uh, to learn definitely more about marinades and different, you know, aioli sauces, et cetera. Just to, you know, it was, I was involved. It was, it was fun. It, and it still is fun. I mean, that's, I've gotten, I, you know, for three months, I was pretty hard. Um, and then I kind of weaned off of it a little bit. I still stick to a couple of things. Like I don't do dairy. Mm. Um, there's a, there's a few experiences that I had. Um, I, and maybe it's placebo could be totally placebo, but, uh, I would have like cheese on a burger, right? I wouldn't do the bread, but I just have, uh, a burger with mm-hmm. cheese on it. And I would get like flu like aches and pains after I would eat that burger mm-hmm. and it would come fairly quickly probably within 24 hours of me eating it and i did a quick google search i didn't really do much into it and you might be able to, to help me with this hillary but um i read something about dairy um irritating or causing an issue with the small intestines mm-hmm. and then that can lead to aches and pains joints mm-hmm. um and so I immediately associated with it, whether that's placebo or not. Uh, well, it's kind so, of that thing we talked about with the gluten, it's leaky gut. So mm-hmm. the cheese has big proteins or whatever. And if you're having intolerance to either the lactose or to the casein or to the proteins in it, that's going to weaken your, and then that opens you up for autoimmune and just more inflammation in your body. So then you have more joint aches and pains, you know, mm-hmm. um, again, a lot of people don't do good with dairy, yeah. like not conventional dairy. We, in Washington, we could get raw milk and mm. they would sell it at the grocery store. And it's like orange because it's got all the beta carotene in it and all the antioxidants in it. The milk you buy in the store now is cooked. It's fortified. It's like blue. So like Haley, our older daughter, has a cow milk allergy. She should not be eating it. 
and we she could do goat milk, which mm-hmm. was fine, or we could do some of that raw milk. And she'd be like, "Mom, why is this milk, milk blue?" Slash puppy milk, right? <laughs> yeah, we called it puppy milk. We have yeah. a whole podcast on puppy milk, but um, <laughs> she she'd be like, "Here's the raw milk. It's like orange and thick and cream, and then there's like two percent. It's like blue, yeah. and it's like a dead food. It it's <laughs> like a dead food." With casein and whey and all the proteins that some people are just sensitive to. Um, and <clears throat> it's a really common allergen, especially people who have skin problems. So your gut, your skin is just your gut with keratin on it. Mm-hmm. So when people have gut issues from dairy, they tend to have like eczema, psoriasis, rashes, all kinds of stuff too on their skin. Because mm-hmm. it's just an outward example of that leaky gut. Um but yeah, dairy's one. Gluten can be gluten's one. Um, there's other things like soy is actually one. Corn is one. All the things we eat in our culture, yeah. eating heavy amounts that's added to our food as well. Food coloring, mm. which is in lots of stuff that mm. your kids are eating and people are drinking. Um, citrus and you know we know the classic allergies: what strawberry, shellfish peanut butter like don't give those things to your kids when they're really little but mm-hmm. you know um i think that it's just over time a lot of it too is we don't have a variety of diet mm-hmm. so we are kind of insulting our body over and over again with the same thing i think that our ancestors had more variety because they ate more they ate more seasonally so in the fall they were getting all the fruits and the berries and the tubers and the things that were growing growing and of course the animals Mm -hmm. the organ meats and all that stuff and then the winter would come and they would probably be living off of pemmican and jerky and um, dried meats dried meats that they had harvested in the fall and the summer and then the spring would come and they would get fish and and um carb load with berries carb loads in the summer and then and then they'd have different types of proteins throughout, depending on where they lived. You know, venison, buffalo, fish, um, sardines, whale, like blubber fat, you know, lots of healthy fats that they took off the ducks and the birds mm-hmm. and the and the deer and um, the bear and all that stuff. And then they ate those fats. And who eats like that anymore? Yeah. I mean, that's... And they had times of starvation and they had times of fasting every single day. (laughs) You didn't get to eat to your heart's content, except maybe the night that the buffalo was killed. That was it. Mm -hmm. Everybody gorged and and celebrated and then that was it. And then it was all about rationing food so that everybody could eat. And they raised their children to be tough and deal with the elements and deal with the cold and deal with the heat and um, be more resilient and to fast. And to not be reliant on food all the time, you know? And now we just have so much we can just consume. We just don't, we just have turned our bodies into something that we, you know, we, and I should shut up because I'm getting ready to, I'm training now for this competition again, where I'm supposed to eat like six times a day. But you're going to do four times a day. And I, so I really like just do looking into the research and the things that I've done since I did my last competitions. Mm -hmm. That's just too much food for me. Like, I just don't want to eat that much and I can get my calories in where I can fast during that 12 to 14 hour period. Yeah. I think it'll be interesting this time. Like you say, you're going to 
Cut out the shakes. Cut out the whey protein. I'm not going to do the protein. And there's going to be there's the whey and there's the casein, game. and I never feel good drinking them, right? And they've got mm. additives and they've got stuff. So just pure it's, amino acids. It's. I'm glad you're saying meat. this because I've I've been thinking about you know when I was doing it, I didn't know supplements, nothing. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I I actually think that I wasn't consuming enough protein. I realized that I think there was something off. I actually noticed it when I was sitting on a wood bench at dinner. I think I did I tell you guys about this. We were mm-hmm. at a restaurant and we were there for like an hour and a half and I couldn't sit still because I had lost basically most of the oh, fat you're, in my, that's right. in my that's right. butt. And uh and I, at that moment I was like, Okay, I because I didn't I didn't count. I wasn't counting any macros. It was just eat healthy, eat till I was full. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't care about how many carbs I was consuming as long as those carbs were coming from bananas, which I know like keto is like, stay away from bananas. I didn't care. I just ate things that were natural. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was my, that was how I approached everything. I didn't count anything, mm-hmm. but I'm pretty sure I was not consuming what I needed to. And now, uh, anyway, so now I'm starting to think about doing that. I'd love to hear more about how you plan to consume protein well um, it's gonna be difficult because um yeah. like you say on the last one you were eating six meals a day felt like you were always eating like in this one you are always eating the one thing that she uh didn't want like gosh should i really do this i hate eating that much food it's six times a day um well, and without shakes and yeah you know seeing now being a little more educated with the the benefits of fasting um, these long periods of time without food, that's going to be introduced into the mix as well. So it'll be interesting to see how you do this time. Well, when I did my prior. first competitions, I was 37, 38. So I wasn't young by any mm-hmm. means. Okay. Now I'm in my forties and the research that I've done and what I do know about protein mm-hmm. is that as you age, you metabolize animal proteins better than plant proteins. Um, and you need more protein. So when I hear that, I think consuming shakes, et cetera, yeah, that's way encasing, you know, for milk products or whatever, um, or plant protein, but I'm not going to maybe at my age utilize the plant protein as well. And then I think I have a little bit of sensitivity to whey and to casein like you. I My older daughter does for sure. So I know like, okay, drinking those shakes, am I going to gain weight? But am I going to feel horrible? Is feel my gut going to hurt? Bloated. Yeah. And then I realize like protein metabolism. It's actually surprising how many people drink those shakes. And feel horrible. And feel horrible. Yeah. They keep drinking them. They're bloated. Because they, they want have to work gas. out and gain. They're like... Yeah, they're like, my gut hurts, but I'm going to drink this because I'm supposed to have a pre-workout shake and a post-workout shake. And and that's, that's how I was. And it's not that people are doing that. I mean, obviously, they're probably going to gain muscle faster just because you're getting more caloric intake constantly or that protein. But what I'm going to try to do this time based on my age is if I actually do more meat because mm-hmm. I have an access to it. An unlimited supply Unlimited of healthy meat, which people <laughs> in the paleo world and the go, keto world. I better go fill this last deer tag. Oh, shush. Actually, can, you, elk can you fill freezer? my elk tag for me? Because <laughs> I am not going to have an opportunity to get out. <laughs> well, I think that. I, I, I think that, too, it's like in the paleo and the keto world. So this is what I see a lot of. They're talking about meat. Mm-hmm. Eat meat. Eat meat. None of them are talking about hunting. 
Like, oh. go to the store and buy the meat that's, like, $15 a pound, right? Yeah. Like, and this is what you need to eat Grass all fed. the time. Yeah. Grass. You know, people are like, how do I afford that? Like, that's not a reality. So, what people do is they do this thing like, well, I just won't eat as much, right? Yeah. Or I'll have more plants and I'll have less protein. Well, that works if you're in your 20s and 30s. Mm-hmm. I think as you get over 40 into your 50s, you're not going to utilize those pramp Your muscles which is your largest endocrine organ. And as you age, if you don't have appropriate protein intake and you don't work out and move your muscles Mm -hmm. and keep that endocrine organ healthy, you actually start to get deposition of fat marbling into your muscle. Hmm. You've seen a marbled steak? No. That's what happens to your muscle as you get older. And then what starts to happen is your muscle, lean muscle atrophies. What is the problem as people get old, sarcopenia, which is muscle loss, falling, breaking Mm -hmm. hips, very dangerous for especially small white women like me. And even if you're skinny, you become skinny fat, basically. And then you don't have the muscle strength to support your body. So you trip, you fall, you Mm -hmm. break something, then you're screwed. Then you're laying in bed. And one day, one week laying in bed for these old people it's deadly. Yeah. Hard right? to come back from. Yeah. Hard to come back from. So especially as a woman, because I'm perimenopausal, so I'm going to go through menopause at some point here, I'm going to lose all my estrogen. And estrogen is important for muscles and bone. Hmm. And so, I mean, if people ask me if I'm going to do hormones, heck yeah, I'm going to do hormones because I'm not going to live 40 years just slowly breaking down my lean muscle tissue and, and not being able to protect mm-hmm. my heart and protect my brain. And the, the other thing is, is that at my age, I'm not really so concerned about building a huge muscle. Mm-hmm. I'm concerned about it building a muscle that's efficient, healthy, healthy, and having my brain work. Mm-hmm. So here's the other thing about protein and fat. Your brain's mainly fat. And if you're eating carbohydrates all the time and you're just feeding yourself glucose all the time and you're not eating enough protein and healthy fat, you just start increasing inflammatory processes in the brain. And what's another thing everyone wants to avoid when they get old? Dementia or Alzheimer's disease. And so I know for myself that that's where the fasting comes in. So the fasting, you need to be able to clean up your cells. It's like the recycler, right? Autophagy. And the whole system of glycogen and not just constantly feeding your body carbohydrates so that your brain is getting just saturated with glucose all the time. You need to actually give your body time to clean that up. And we know that people live longer and they have less dementias and they have less brain problems if they do that intermittent fasting, which our ancestors were doing. Yeah, they had So, And I experienced all that stuff. Like I I will validate all of mm -hmm. what you're describing. So for me, it's not just like, okay, I need to do this to build muscles and prove to myself that I can do that at 46. No, it's, I'm actually doing this now as kind of an experiment. Can I build muscle, not eat all the time, eat more meat, which I don't really like to eat meat. So I tend to go for the carbohydrate because I'm a stressy person. I produce a lot of adrenaline. Hmm. So I want to go for like the sugar. Mm -hmm. But I know that when I did this last time and I was doing mainly protein and healthy carbs, I'm going to add more fat in this time because I just don't think I ate enough good fats last time or add in more organ meats, add in more muscle meats, more essential fatty acid meats like sardines and fatty fish and salmon, eggs, Mm -hmm. all those kinds of things. Um, 
I think I'll, I think I'll, I will get the effects of the muscle building. Plus I'll get the effects for the brain. And at my age, that's more important than anything. For the, for the meats, you know, you were saying that, uh, those meat proteins uh, are more, is it, is it the density of protein that's in meat that makes it like uh, a little bit better? Or is it like, what is it about meat versus plant protein that basically the amino acid compilation and then how your body is utilizing that um plant proteins Mm -hmm. not all so let's say you got to eat six cups of quinoa if or one steak yeah what's more efficient um to get your amino acids um one you can't eat six bowls of quinoa Mm -hmm. right like your body can't do that so to eat a steak or like a small cut of meat mm-hmm. is more efficient and your body's going to break that down more efficiently. Gotcha. And we also know that grains and a lot of these things that people are getting their proteins from is that they can destroy the gut barrier. Yep. And I think this is why the carnivore diet and these other diets are becoming really popular right now. And they're curing things like autoimmune disease and inflammation because people think like, oh, you're eating all that meat because we were always taught that's really inflammatory. Yeah. But what we're seeing is we're the opposite effect. Yeah, Yeah. the gut is not being insulted by the grain proteins that are breaking the gut barrier down, turning on zonulin, breaking tight junctions in the gut, letting all those proteins into your blood, causing autoimmunity and inflammation. Right. So the protein is not doing that. Um, And there's this myth too that protein is really hard on your kidneys. Actually, it's reversed. Protein is actually very good for your kidneys. If you have compromised kidney function, excess protein is hard on the kidneys if you've already got kidney dysfunction. But the whole myth that if you eat too much meat, you're going to have bad kidneys is also a myth. Um, And so there's a lot of different... I just know a lot different things and maybe it's because the fads going out there, but some of the people that I follow on social media and some of the doctors that I really respect and the people that are doing this as a lifestyle, even doing OMAD, you know, like eating one time a day and getting like 1600 calories in like a meal. Wow. Like I think I figured out my calories I'm supposed to eat. It's like 1350 calories a day right now for training. That's not much. And I, I could probably do OMAD and eat that all in one meal. Yeah. Like it's not that much. Now Ryan might have a hard time because maybe his calorie need is like 2,200, you know, to have him sit yeah. down and do OMAD might be kind of hard. I don't think I could do one meal a day. Oh, <laughs> I love my meals. I love yeah. the morning meal. I love the evening meal. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be tough. Um, so I think that we just have a lot more information now about it and, I also think that we're just kind of going back to the original idea that we do have, we, we have canine teeth. I mean, we're meant to eat meat and we don't have vegetables unless you live on the equator or you live somewhere like that. You know, we don't have vegetables growing all times of the year and stuff like that. And, and even when you see it in Aboriginal cultures and stuff like that, you know, they were digging things up and going out and like finding a tuber was like, Oh, you know, some starch and and that kind of thing is very, very rare and the lesser part of the diet. Um, And we do know that cultures where they grew corn and they grow a lot of fruit and they have a lot of carbohydrate in their diet, they do have more health issues. They have more weight gain. They have more teeth rotting. They have um, weaker bones, Um, you know, some of those things going on. So. I just want to do it a little, I want to do it smarter for my age. And fasting is really important for women. It's really important for estrogen. 
Um, and so is protein. So that's the way I'm going to go about it. But I think it's a blend of like paleo and keto. I think yeah. it's common sense. That's kind of how I mm-hmm. tried to approach We're just talking it. about processed yeah. food. Just, just get rid of the processed food. Yeah. And like if you have a banana, like, okay, great. But do we eat bananas up here? Do bananas grow up here? Like yeah. we probably shouldn't be eating like I got a whole bowl of pomegranates over there like we got at Costco. <laughs> Those definitely don't grow here right <laughs> no, now this time of year. Delicious. But they're so good, you yeah. know. So I think that's okay. I mean, the world has evolved to be flat, so transportation and, and that, but yeah. yeah. So you but it's like it's a food, right? It yeah. came from Mother Earth. It yeah. wasn't meant for you to eat it. It was meant to spread its seed. Yeah. So to me that's a food. A Snickers bar was meant to be eaten. Yeah. A pomegranate was not. Well. Does that make sense? It does. So that's why you should eat a pomegranate. Yeah. Because you know, it's a whole food. Yeah. Yeah. But that was a really ridiculously long lecture there. I don't know half of the words that you said. <laughs> <laughs> but I do I do know like I can associate a lot of the things that you're saying with what my experience was. Yeah. Um and uh, I mean, I, I, uh, I, I try not to, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Lecture or promote it or like, like, uh, preach it. That's what preach I'm looking it, for. Yeah. I try not to preach it, but, uh, I mean, it's the best thing that I've, I, I think I've ever, like, besides marrying my wife and my kids, it's probably one of the best choices I've ever made is, is giving this a go. Um, just the health benefits, the mental clarity that it created. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've had more energy. Uh, I sleep better. Um, I could tell when I'm kind of uh, out of it and that I need to get kind of back into and I can just adjust, you know, maybe I'll eat a, an avocado today just to add yeah. a little more fat uh, to it. Um, but uh, again, it's, you know, not to overcomplicate it, just common sense. I think that's the, the best way to put it. Yeah, uh, real food. Yeah. You know, I've been thinking about this a lot lately. It's like, why would I do something like this? I don't, I don't have time for this. Like, mm-hmm. I've got a lot of things going on. Um, I'm lucky because I know a lot about diet, but that even makes it harder sometimes. You know, it's like I tell Ryan, I just need to get a coach. I need to get a trainer. He's like, oh, my God, you already know all this already. Why do you need to pay someone to tell you what to do? And I'm like, because I feel overwhelmed and I feel like if somebody just tells me what to do, then I'm like, okay, I can do this. And what I realized is it's just an excuse. And at my age, which is not old, but I hear all this stuff, right? I watch all these YouTube videos. It's like over 40, over 50, over the hill. I told Ryan the other night, honey, we're like over the hill. Did you know that? And he's like, yep. So, but like 20 and 30 year olds, they don't like get that, right? 20. Yeah. So I'm thinking to myself, I don't have time to make excuses. Number one. I've got two young kids. Mm-hmm. I want to be around for their life. Yep. So that I want to be, I want to be able to do things that I want to do for as long as I can. I'm going to try really hard not to be dependent on anybody in my older age. And I'm smart. There's no reason. I have a good education. I've learned a lot. I'm surrounded by smart people. I have Dr. Google for God's sake. Anybody this in this day and age that tells me they can't do something. Are you kidding me? No. The amount of information we have literally at our fingertips is mind blowing. It's no. mind blowing. Okay. So to me, I don't have time to make excuses. I'm not 25 anymore. I'm not 30 anymore. Like I cannot make excuses for my diet, for my health, for why I don't feel good, why I can't sleep, why I shouldn't work out. That's what I, 
am starting to tell myself. It's like, there's no time for that. If I keep making excuses like I have, another year goes by and another year goes by. And I mean, Ryan tells me this all the time. I'll just do it. Like if anybody's more supportive, it's him. You know, I was like, do you think I should do this body competition with Christy? And he's like, yeah, like do it. Start tomorrow. Yep. And I was like, start tomorrow. Oh my gosh. That's a lot of, that's a lot for me to handle right now. <laughs> like I can't start tomorrow. I got to get prepared. Yep. And he's like, no, you just wake up and you work out. Like that's what you do. Like quit making excuses. Yep. And I've really been thinking well, I mean, about that. I'm excited that. to see how it all plays out. You know, I remember when she did it, you know, in late thirties, now she's forties. And, um, she said just knowing a lot more about you know what works and what doesn't yeah i think she'll feel better as far as um the diet aspect of it but i'm very curious to see if she puts on the muscle and how all you know the diet is going to be correlating to that i'm excited because she's going to start emptying out my freezer Corey. <laughs> there's going to excuse i'm looking for <laughs> i may well, need an extra tag next year i didn't if this i did meal prep last night and i used up like three coos deer steaks and a full elk rump just making like food for this week and that is and awesome to see i yeah. mean i don't normally i'm like oh let's have a little steak tonight like i'm not i've never i'm not normally like this so um but I remember how I felt. So that's the whole thing about when you ask me about pregnancy is like, why do women go through that? And they do it again. It's like your brain, your brain does remember things, right? Like mm-hmm. he remembers the good things. Yeah. That's what your brain remembers in a lot of cases. So I remember my kids being born. I don't necessarily like always remember the pain of being sick. Like with this, I remember how good I felt the last time I did it. Like I just felt like I was on it. I slept good. Now, yep. granted, I only had one kid, but I had a two-year-old, and yep. she didn't sleep at all at night. So I was definitely sleep-deprived, but I felt – I just remember feeling so good, and that's how I um, – you know, I I need to get back to that. Yeah. And I realize that I do all day. You know, it's like – it's probably like with you. You know, it's like the stress of your job and having to talk to people and being really present and – it's hard when you don't feel good. It's yeah. hard when your just brain is foggy. And this is what I talk to patients about all day. Helping their brain fog, helping them feel better, helping them lose weight. Like that's what people want to do. So I figure, you know, hey, let's try it. So and Corey, try to make to, it a lifestyle. You're going to need to come out a few more times and um, grill up some steaks <laughs> on the birth girl. Corey, can you just be here four meals a day for Four me meals a day. To, to cook up some steaks. <laughs> I'll brine the meat. Just bring that thing over and we'll cook uh, it up. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. a bunch of wood out there. As long as you can send me home with a little bit of burger. Yeah. That's what uh, my wife just told me this weekend. She's like, I'm pretty sure we're out of elk burgers. So oh get get after it. Get after it. Yeah. I, so I like hunting. I've never said I was a good hunter. I just want to put that on the record <laughs> <laughs> well fortunately you live in a great state yeah to uh, be able to get it done in one day two days I'll well get people a ask me of, that all the I'll time why don't you hunt and i'm like i don't need to hunt yeah. like do you see what my husband kills like it's not in me like like necessarily to go out and pull the trigger like yeah. at this point i'd go hunting with him like i don't have a problem with it i used to have a problem now i'd be like yeah let's go i'd like to go on an adventure i don't know if i'd pull the trigger yeah but i mean <laughs> Do I need to provide meat for my family? No. Yeah. If it was down to me, if 
I won't even say what could happen to him. And I had to provide the meat. You would continue it. I would yeah. do it at this point because I know the benefit that yeah. it brings to our family. I couldn't say that 10 years ago. So I could say that now. Um, <laughs> but I don't need to. It's yeah. like, it's like, you know, let another animal live because we got plenty, you know, it's kind of how I look at it. Yep. So, but nice. anyways, well, our, uh, Haley got braces on today, so I think her teeth are hurting. She's she doesn't look very struggling happy. Struggling a bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We should probably wrap this up. Yeah, it's been a long podcast, actually. Yeah. We're almost parked at two hours. Well, we'll make it a two-parter so. then. Hey, it gets more hits that way. <laughs> I guess that's more, the, more eyeballs. There you go. <laughs> that's what people tell listening. me. Just split it up into four parts, and I'm like, four podcasts? That's a lot of editing. It's just easier to... Yeah. Throw yeah. it out there, but um, I talked way too much in this podcast. You talked a lot, I, yeah. yeah. But I don't think I, it feels that way. Up. I think I think the information that you've provided and like the supportive information is is really valuable. Well, yeah. thank you. Wow, and thank you for bringing the birch bell and creating this this social experience. Wow. Yeah, thank and you. for all those people out there who want a birch barrel. Are you still doing the Kickstarter? We do, yeah. So okay. um, right now it's kind of our pre-launch. Um, they we just finalized or validated the design, which is a you know for a startup is big. That's more now going into production. So really excited about that. Um, but we are running a Kickstarter campaign now through December second with some gifts with purchases and reduced shipping uh, rates, etc. Um, so yeah, if you're in need of a grill or you just want to improve your backyard experience or social atmosphere, you know, as we were talking about that kitchen, right? Like your kitchen is that social atmosphere when mm -hmm. you're cooking or it should be the barrel does that around the grill, yeah. uh, has that same environment, that same, uh, social experience and it's so, outside and it's outside and then you convert it right into a fire and then you have s'mores. I love or s'mores. We may <laughs> eat too many s'mores. Yeah. You know uh, what we should do? We should just make our own marshmallows because you can make marshmallows. Yeah, with like, Jillian makes them all the time. Is that with coconut flour? Yeah, or coconut you can make the marshmallows and you can flavor them however you want. And then you can get some gluten free crackers, I guess. And not oh, crackers. That just sounds gross. I, don't I know. know. <laughs> I, I do like. I think we're ruining s'mores. I do like. <laughs> I do like the good chocolate though. I'm, but you brought the good chocolate yes, the other night, yeah. and I, I do like. Because I'm not really a Hershey's fan. Yeah. It's like eating like, it's got a weird paste. consistent paste. Yeah, That's, that yeah. milk chocolate. So yeah. I like the harder chocolate, but um, I've also s'mores are fun. grown that bitter. Like I've started, yeah. like when I, when I have milk chocolate after a while of dark chocolate, it's way too sweet. Milk mm -hmm. chocolate. Is, <laughs> we, it I takes did some keto time for to a get while. used to the bitter milk chocolate. <laughs> I did you. keto for a while. Oh, not a while, but maybe for a month or something. And I miss the chocolate. So I went to the store and I was like, there's no chocolate. So they do have this uh, Lily's, I think now. It's stevia. It's mm. got stevia in it. So you can have it. But they didn't have it at the grocery store by our house. So they had a... Baker's chocolate. Mm -hmm. It has no sugar in it. Yep. It's just ba baking chocolate like it people is. used to bake. Ugh. So Rough. I would buy it and I would put peanut butter on it oh, or yeah. almond butter yeah. and that I would eat my meal and then I would have a chunk of that with and Peely one day at night. She's like, Mom, you're eating chocolate. And I was like, have some. Pretty and much ruined kids. She was like, oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. And you know what's funny is you get used to it. Yeah. 
it, it, it takes a little bit, but then it's like you actually start liking yeah. that bitter. And, you know, bitter, besides sweet, is our first taste bud that we get. So this is why people tend to really like sweet. But bitter is one of our first taste buds as well. And so um, a lot of people don't get fed good bitter foods when they're babies. And so they don't develop they their bitter taste it. buds. And that's where the sweet like overpowers it. Mm-hmm. And that's why we need sugar in our chocolate. Whereas traditional cacao and that stuff, that's pretty bitter. It's yeah. really bitter when you first start eating it. But if you were eating cacao your whole life, you've developed that bitter taste bud and that would actually be really good to you. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming thanks. out, Corey. Oh, thank Appreciate you guys. That. Yeah. Appreciate it. Anytime you want to be back on, let us know. I'm sure we can find another topic to randomly talk about. Yeah. You're saying and that because you want me to cook. Come back yeah. next time and cook me dinner. <laughs> That's the code word. Now you know it. Come back for a podcast. No, come cook me dinner. <laughs> AKA. Uh, no, it's great. Thank you I'm guys. I'm just going to send you a message. AKA dinner. Thank you.